we are trained to look for our purpose and look for our gifts and look for our perfect career and look for our perfect business and look for the way that we're going to be able to create a livelihood that generates the kind of income that we desire using our gifts. Hey there, and welcome to the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I'm your host, Emmy Kirshner. I'm a serial entrepreneur, investor, and business coach for ambitious women who are boldly taking their business to the next level. And I believe that building a successful business isn't about working 24-7 just to merely meet a revenue goal. What it does take is a unique blend of dedication to purpose, courageous action, and frequently sheer will to overcome the odds that lead to meaningful impact and experiencing a life well lived. In each episode, you'll get to know the women and men who are unafraid to put it all on the line as they share the stories of success and failure that have made them incredible leaders and the magic they gift the world with. As you're listening, and I hope finding value, don't forget to share the Tribe of Leaders podcast with all of your other entrepreneurial friends and to follow us wherever you're listening to this podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I am your host, Emmy Kirshner, and today I have the one and only Jewel Beach. Jewel is a seasoned transformational mentor, spiritual guide, speaker, facilitator in the field of personal and career development. She is the international best-selling author of True Gifts, Ignite Your Soul Magic and Monetize the Highest Expression of Your Purpose. She has supported countless women to launch their dream of building a legacy, doing what they love through deep mental, emotional, and spiritual shifts while getting paid to do what they love. Jewel, welcome to the show. You are, I'm already in love with you. So, uh, well, thank you. You're so welcome because one, I think we should all be doing what we love. And I know that there's a lot of people who are not. So before we dive into that and how we can start following like our own path and really our own soul's journeys, tell us a little bit about your background, who you are, why you started your business. Yeah. Okay. I am a lover of spirituality, lover of evolutionary growth personally and spiritually. And I started really my journey when I was faced with adversity and loss and as is in many cases, it really propelled me forward toward seeking and looking inwardly. And I started, you know, to follow a spiritual path many, many years ago, a couple of decades ago, while at the same time, working as a career practitioner for the government. And so I was balancing the two together and utilizing my professional work experience as a catalyst for my own spiritual and personal growth. And what that looked like was that I was helping people to really uncover their truest soul calling and their purpose and accessing the gifts that they have as the vehicle to really express that purpose. And so I started doing that in the corporate arena a very long time ago. And then due to, you know, pretty typical constrictions and constructs that are built around the traditional workplace, I chose to step out and become an entrepreneur and begin to do this work in more depth with more people the way I wanted to do it and have been an entrepreneur and a mentor purpose 
and life mentor and business mentor for eight years and have worked with some amazing women in the same vein as I did on the you know, in my traditional job, but really have expanded that to bring in all dimensions of who we are and all facets of ourselves, because it's not just about work and employment. It's about the dimensions, you know, of higher intelligence that are here, you know, and available to us. And so, yeah, I put it, put people in touch with their magic. And when that sparks, it's a pretty amazing moment. And it's a pretty amazing open door for some Somebody to then truly start to feed and fuel that spiritual gift that they came here to, you know, impart mm-hmm. in contribution in service of a better planet. Yeah. And I'm curious too, like when you're working with people and they've been disconnected from their spirituality or from who they are, or what their true gifts are, is it like a lightning bulb that goes off for them or is it something more gradual or is it just depend on who they are? It depends on who they are, you know, and that's such an interesting question because the return to the true nature of who we are is a familiar place because it's who we are, you know? So it's like coming home. So it can be a light bulb moment of, wow, I'm home. And it can be a, wow, like I've always known this but I didn't know that I knew this. Now it's risen to the surface. So, and yeah, it can be gradual. It can be, you know, a spark. And, you know, that's where the magic really is, is when we reconnect. And I wish that it was taught in schools. The art of reconnection with self was taught in schools. It's not really, that's not the focus, unfortunately. So that's my that's my mission, you know, in really bringing people to that point of recognition, right. self-recognition, so that they too can launch into their own businesses or launch into their own, you know, really heart-based career or livelihood that fulfill that is not only fulfilling for them, but also has a ripple effect for others in their lives and communities too. You talk about legacy. Why is that so important for you? Legacy is so important for me because I believe and I've come to see that we are here for the purpose of evolving. We're here to evolve. If you look at nature and how nature evolves in its seasons, perpetual change and perpetual evolution, that's what humans, you know, we are part of the earth and we're here to evolve and we're here to change and grow and expand. And as we do that, the legacy that we have the ability to leave is actually limitless. And it can be, if you liken it to the legacy that, you know, Einstein left or Steve Jobs left, or, you know, the different really monumental innovations that have been, that have occurred through history, that's one level. But I believe that each and every one of us through living and breathing are actually living and breathing our legacy every moment that we're connected within, you know, connected with that truest part of ourselves, we're actually living and breathing that legacy. And every, you know, blink of an eye, every exchange, every loving gesture is actually a part of our legacy because we're leaving a part of our hearts with someone else. And that part of our hearts that has rippled out into that other person through the delivery or the expression of our gift, whatever that looks like is just as monumental as 
you know, designing the electricity or technology, you know, and we're all, I believe, pioneers of our own heart and soul legacy. And it doesn't have to be a Mother Teresa type of legacy. It is very unique to each and every person. And, you know, for me, it's important to connect the dots between our full expression and being fully who we are, which is what has us feel happy and joyful because we're not, you know, holding back or pressing down who we are and connecting that with leaving a piece of who we are for others to for their lives to be enhanced. So it's not like you leave, uh, to me, it's not like you leave a legacy at the end of your life when you're gone or as you're transitioning away. It's that you are living your legacy every single day, every time you express from that heart space. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I find too, because I, I really agree with what you're saying here, is that like the legacy piece too, is you never know when you're gonna say something that's going to impact somebody and positively, hopefully, but positively and like really shift the dynamics of their existence. Yeah. Yeah. And that's powerful. So and those you, around them. Yeah. Cause it, yeah. it does create that ripple effect. So yet yeah, it maybe it's not a Steve jobs, you know, or Barack Obama or Oprah Winfrey where you mm-hmm. have the fame, but we still have this incredible ability and a powerful one to, shift change. I don't think we pay attention to that. No. And, and, you know, the irony is that it's right in front of us and we don't pay attention to it because we're, our minds are so busy focusing on limitation, you know, focusing on evidence of, you know, from past history about what's acceptable, what's possible. And, you know, for us, and we focus on looking out there and saying, well, she's doing it and she's doing it or he's doing it, but I can't because, and that the way that we direct our energy, the way that we direct our thoughts is key because when we're using our mind for a cause that's so worthy that it being utilized for the good of humanity for the highest in service of the highest expression of what we have to bring to humanity, then we're using that intelligence of the mind, you know, in a way that's very productive. And I I don't want to say are lazy, but we do as humans become so conditioned and we don't focus our mind in a directed way. And we're busy comparison, busy and, you know, letting the other leaders be the leaders, but not us, because how could we ever do that? Busy and the self-doubt and the questioning and the, you know, and all of the fear-based negative thinking. And that's, it is in a way lazy because, and I speak for myself too. It's like you go numb or you stop really focusing your mind and our minds are so highly intelligent and we can use them for a much worthier cause. Yeah. It's amazing what we can really use yeah. our minds for, but you're right. Cause we stay in the loop of yeah. fear and negativity and it does take effort to break those loops and those cycles. But it, it does. Yeah, it is totally possible. And it does take effort, you know, yeah. and commitment. Yeah. Commitment. For somebody who's listening, they're like, they're not sure whether or not they're connected or they want to enhance their connection to their higher self. What are some ways that they can do that? And do they have to find their purpose first? What does that look like? The way that 
we find our purpose is to connect, is through that space of connectedness. And I think that that's a really important question and the way that you, you know, you've asked it is really important because we are trained to look for our purpose and look for our gifts and look for our perfect career and look for our perfect business and look for the way that we're going to be able to create a livelihood that generates the kind of income that we desire using our gifts. And we try and and think about that before we connect. And I am, I would argue that the connection piece comes first. It has to come first because when we connect and how, and it's a really simple yet complex idea that we connect by being still and quiet and listening. And it sounds super simple, but how many times have you tried to meditate or, you know, attempted to be still and quiet, and then your mind just runs in different directions. And so developing... I mean, yeah. like there's been times where I don't even have like a list going on in my head. There's like three of them. Yeah. Like, so, and, yeah. and then I'm stepping out of that and aware mm-hmm. of like, look at that you've got three lists going on and still going. And it, it, mm-hmm. it. yeah. 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 And, and when that happens, there isn't this clear channel for the information to come through. You know, you're not what I call it an open or not. I call it. I mean, people have talked about this for for a long time, but we can become this open vessel. If you think about it as a, you know, an open vessel that allows information and higher guidance and the inner voice and that heart speak to actually reveal itself and lead us to know our purpose, to access our gifts, to understand how we want to express those gifts, to be able to flow this answer to this question through right here, right now, through an an open vessel. And what that requires is trusting that the information and the wisdom is already inside of us. And so it's a real, it's a challenge because we're not taught to do that. We're not taught taught to trust ourselves. We're taught to subscribe to external guidance systems and external, you know, advice and external perceptions of who we're supposed to be and who we are and, you know, all the expectations Mm -hmm. that are placed on us unbeknownst to you know others it's just the way that humans have been conditioned and so I would say that you know that quiet and that still capacity is that's the the most potent power that we have is stillness to to just receive the information because it comes I promise and that's my like that's what I do and that's my gift is to facilitate that connection to you know really bring people into that state of still power and receive the information through the intelligences that are available to us because we have multiple intelligences. We have mind intelligence, we have sensory intelligence, body intelligence, emotional intelligence. And, you know, when we, when our hearts can speak through those intelligences, which is a, it's a skill to develop those and to recognize those and to, you know, invite those to actually inform us, then the information comes it's, you know, the wisdom rises and it's not that it's coming from out there. It's coming from in here. Right. Yeah. Would you mind before we, there's a couple of things I want to dive into, but would you mind defining what some of those intelligences are so that people who are listening can adapt? Sure. Sure. 
Yeah. Um, so the mental or mind intelligence is that intelligence that we all know and are so ensconced in and use as the soul intelligence. Yeah. We think that that's the intelligence that we have is that intellect and that mind intelligence. And it's the capacity to think. And it's the capacity also to use your imagination. And, uh, you know, within that mind intelligence is the imaginational intelligence. And if you think about, you know, athletes who are about to start a an important race and they use their imagination, they use their mind to invoke a visual and use their imagination to see themselves, you know, running down the ski course or whatever the case may be. And that's how they win the race or that's how they, you know, manifest their desire. And so there's the mind intelligence. And that's what I was speaking about earlier, where when we can direct our mind in a way that is in service of what it is that we want to create in service of our dream, then we're using it at at its highest capacity. There's the emotional intelligence that comes on the heels of every single thought produces an emotion. And when we can harness those emotions and really embrace the full range of who we are as a human, with all of you know the joy, the euphoria, the despair, the, the anger, the fear, and everything in between, then because emotions are energy in motion, by embracing them, they simply, they move. And so the energy is moving through us. And the sensory intelligence is an intelligence that is um, underneath and within us that accesses all of our senses. So there are, you know, there's the ability to visualize, there's the ability to use sound, there's the ability to access the power of energy behind words, there's the ability to touch into something, there's the ability to taste and smell. And when we can conjure what what it is that we desire and access our senses, then that enhances our experience and it enhances creating what we want to create because it, you know, it brings forward that level of connection. Right, right. That is, yeah. So I'm thinking, particularly with the sensory, I don't know why the chocolate chip cookie just popped into my head, but that's exactly like yeah. about it and then being able to smell it, even though it's not necessarily there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Creating that so that you're visualizing the cookie, eating the cookie, maybe some memory you have about a cookie, but mm-hmm. it all brings that like warm yeah. smell to mind. Yeah, exactly. And we have the capacity to do that, you know, smell the flower, taste the cookie, you know, smell the cookie. And what that gives us is as we refined this sensory intelligence, what that gives us is it gives us the ability to be in full breadth of our higher intelligence, because that heart intelligence is a compilation of the mind, the emotions, the senses. And when we can highlight all of them in service of our highest, that's when we really begin to um, hear and sense. And, you know, some people call it, call it intuition, right? And intuition can come in so many ways. You can feel it as a gut feeling. You can, you know, see something, maybe an image drops in, maybe a word drops in, maybe a sensation drops into your body. And that's, it's all connected because it connects back to the body intelligence, which responds directly to the emotions, directly to the senses, directly to the thoughts. So they're all like this. 
And because we are multidimensional beings, if we're not accessing every dimension, then or learning to do that, then we're only accessing one piece. And many people just access the, the intellect and the mind and, you know, aren't sure necessarily how to direct that by well, itself. I think, I think for a long time, like millennia, that was that mind piece was considered the only valuable mm-hmm. yeah. shift. Yeah. Where all of those pieces are more valuable and can act as, as a guidance system. I am curious when you're tapped into that, how does that affect business decisions that you make and how can that help you grow your business? It affects every decision and in terms of your business and your business decisions, it informs you around like who, what kinds of clients that you desire to work with, what your messaging is going to be. It gives you the clarity around your messaging. It gives you the ability to dial into the free, the high, that highest frequency, which becomes magnetic and therefore attract your clients. It gives you the ability to understand and see and feel and express your genius gifts in a way that is so unique to you. It's your unique blueprint that your people who are meant to hear you and see you gravitate towards you. I mean, it it just impacts every level of decision. It gives you the confidence because you're developing trust in these dimensions of who you are, full dimensional, you know, understanding of who you are, you develop this trust and this confidence in your decisions and in what you charge and in saying yes and in saying no, you know, in calling in what you want to call in. So it's very, it's the ripple is, you know, far reaching in your business and therefore those you serve will benefit in a way that is far reaching too. Right. So even like, I mean, backing up to the purpose and and legacy, because you're tuned in and you're connected and you're using all of those intelligences, then you're able to leave more of a daily legacy, live more in purpose Mm -hmm. and receive benefits of more clients, more customers, more money. Yeah. 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 I mean, if you think about, you know, the times when we're not connected because we're not always connected in, we're not always dialed into the, to our highest intelligence, to our heart intelligence, right? Because we're human that simply. And if you think about the times of not being connected in, think about like the posts that you write or the, the way that, you know, you might interact with a client or the way that you might interact um, on a podcast or the way that you, your motivation level on that day around your to-do list uh, that might go on by the wayside. Because when we're disconnected, the energy flow, like that chai energy isn't flowing. And when that chai energy isn't flowing through us, we don't have the same energy as we do when we're fully energized. I used energy three times in that sentence. I realize that, but it's, we really are made of energy, right? So, and it's impossible to be dialed in all the time. So it's a matter of finding that balance between embracing being human and who we are and having the negative emotions with the capacity to say, yeah, this is a really crappy day. And this is a really crappy situation. And I feel you know, I I feel so low and embracing that and saying, yeah, and I'm going to honor that and 
what by honoring it and acknowledging it and turning toward it rather than trying to, you know, be somewhere other than where you are in that moment, you're actually letting the energy of that moment move. And as long as the energy is moving, that's where this too shall pass came from. You know, if you really believe that, then it's easier to navigate through the chaos and the adversity and you know, and I learned that through my own experiences with adversity and loss and, you know, just learning to sit with knowing that as long as I allow the energy to move and that's how I taught myself because I had to, otherwise, you know, the other choice would have been to spiral down. Yeah. Even deeper. Yeah. I, I find like, I mean, and this is not unknown saying, but the whole feel the feelings, like acknowledge that things are either good or bad or indifferent. And be okay with that. Like mm-hmm. They will pass both the good and the bad and the indifferent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, think, I think, yeah, if you're in the resistance of it, it just makes everything more difficult. Yeah. It keeps the judgment alive, you know, and self-judgment is a killer, you know? Yeah. yeah. What are some ways if you're in that moment where things aren't great and you're acknowledging it, but you're still like feeling very attached to that, that energy that, angst or the Mm -hmm. the three lists that I've, you know, I've had going on in my head. What are some ways to start letting that move through you? There's a couple things. One is, I mean, the the really simple thing is to go out into nature. (laughs) And I talk (laughs) about this a lot in my book because, you know, nature is truly a part of who we are. And that's why we feel so good in nature because it mirrors back to us what is beyond, you know, the problem it mirrors back to us the beauty and it mirrors back to us, you know, the evolved state of who we actually are beyond the challenge that we're facing. So that's one thing that I always use and utilize, you know, and go to nature. And if I can't, because I'm indoors or it's pouring rain, I conjure it in my mind, you know, and use my imagination to conjure my feet in the sand and feeling the warmth and feeling the breeze in my face and hearing the sound of the waves. This is the sensory intelligence, right? So, and really bringing myself into that place. And when you do, your physiology changes and the energy begins to move. So that's why nature is so important to us and for us. And there's belief shift, you know, changes that you can do. There's some, a belief shift tool that I use um, that, you know, to learn a tool that will help you shift the belief because every thought, every time you're in a funk, it's because there's a belief active in you, in your consciousness. And that belief that's active is driving the energy of, it's very dense, right? It feels heavy. It feels dense. You feel scared. You feel sad. You feel alone, whatever that is. And so to isolate the belief that's driving it and do a belief shift change process Mm -hmm. is a great tool. It's a great way to do it. So those are a couple of things that I have found and I have done for myself in order to move through the challenge that the challenge is. And I I want everybody to have a, you know, have a way to do that. But like I said, I just wish they would teach this stuff in schools. Yeah, I would like skill. Yes. Like I'm thinking of my older son who had some real difficulties freshman, sophomore year of college, and really in like coming to terms with acknowledging, deciding 
that mm -hmm. college was not for him and not from me specifically, but the outside world kind of shutting him into, well, this is what you're supposed to do and giving him the time and nature, but also just the continuous space to figure it out and sit in those feelings and move through mm -hmm. them. Yeah. Not, yeah. Him, but also not allow him to wallow in life is not going okay for me right now. Yeah. That space of acknowledgement and an honoring and, you know, providing that self-compassion and that self-support within. And those are skills that you're teaching him that are lifelong, you know, assets to learn how to support himself by acknowledging the emotions and let, letting him be in them. And like you said, that's the key is not, you know, like watching for the dwelling, you know, watching for the the space where, you know, moves into that space of dwelling and perpetuating it. Yeah. yeah. Particularly for me, because I mean, my life has had multiple ups and downs and I'm sure we'll continue to have multiple yeah. ups and downs. I've learned that, you know, as we talked about, like everything is just continuous. So when the more negative pivot, like even with COVID, for instance, I moved through it fairly quickly in the beginning from a mental state because I've had other experiences. This wasn't the first time I was really dealing with a difficult situation. And for me, it's like, all right, well, how do I just move through this period based on what's going to work for me and really getting in touch with it? So it didn't stop me for that long. Mm -hmm. You know, for a lot of other people, just based on circumstances, that was not the case, mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean you stop either. Yeah. Well, and you know, what I have found is, you know, because like I hear you and so loud and clear and there's there's so many variations of experiences through there has been and continues to be through COVID and the different, you know, stages of it. And but and I have found that decision to become self-responsible is the biggest game changer is that decision to be responsible for owning and honoring what's happening and acknowledging the emotions that are associated with what's happening and also taking responsibility for knowing that there is opportunity to move through to the other side. And I'm not referring to, oh, let me get myself out of this because then you're bypassing. I'm referring to taking responsibility for having the opportunity of choice and choosing how to respond to a situation, choosing how to think about a situation, which then produces emotion, which then, you know, you can begin to tap into the fullness of you. But I really, it always has come down to, for me, around commitment and responsibility to understand that there's the difference between illusion and truth. <laughs> and <laughs> Right. Sure because it's easy to stay in the illusion. It's way easier. That's the lazy. That's what I was meaning by lazy. It's and it's not a derogatory thing. It's more of a oh, it's just easier to just be yeah. in the illusion and, you know, respond from that perspective because it's what's known. It's easy to stay in the known. Right. And it's more it requires more effort to step into the unknown so taking steps forward as entrepreneurs, as leaders, stay taking steps forward without knowing what you're going to find. Yeah. And I think that's where being connected for me, at least <laughs> so important is that I rely on my intuition. Yeah. All of my decisions. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. most of the time they work out really well, which is yeah. like, yay. 
but it gives me a basis of there's a I don't know how to describe the feeling maybe it's different for everybody but of deep knowing and, mm-hmm. and that feeling that when I really allow that in great things happen great things yeah and when I'm listening to the external chatter and mm-hmm. I allow that to be a factor in the decision making it just doesn't work out as well Yes, and exactly. And it it kind of circles back to your earlier question around making decisions as an entrepreneur, you know, because what I find in my work is that people think they don't know their gifts. People think they need to find their gifts when they're already here. And intuitively, if the channel becomes open, they will reveal themselves and the purpose, you know, for those gifts And so what ends up happening is as entrepreneurs, and I've done it, I know this so well, you know, all those, you know, webinars and shiny things and free offers, and maybe this is my niche, maybe this is my gift, maybe this is my message, oh, maybe it's that one. And that, when we make decisions based on those external stimuli, we're not making decisions based on our intuition. Like you said, when you listen to your intuition and you're an intuitive, obviously, and that's why we connected, I'm sure, you know, among other things, but the intuition has no room when decisions are being made from those places of fear, because that's fear. Looking at maybe it's this, maybe it's that is looking outside of ourselves for those gifts and for that magic and not trusting that it already lives here. And it's distraction. Like it's total distraction. Yeah. Oh, let me go spend time on this and this and this. It really keeps from being in your purpose and doing what you're meant to do. It's very disconnecting. Yeah. It serves the opposite purpose of what you're after, you know? And meanwhile, you think that it serves a purpose, you know, spend time and energy on somebody else's thing. Right. And so there's nothing I love better than to witness a person, a client, you know, somebody that I'm working with uncover the gold, that magic that's inside of them and really ignite it and then take ownership and responsibility and, you know, feel that growing confidence around who they are and the fullness of who they came here to be and and start doing what they were born to be doing and start getting paid to do what they love. Yeah. Yeah, So important. I have to shift gears because we're recording with video, even though it's, it's audio um, that's going out, but I can see your book, True Gifts. Yes. It's a beautiful cover. I don't know if it's a beach, but from where I'm sitting, but it looks like it. I already love it. I'm curious what, oh, it sparkles. Yes. Yeah. Uh, did you know that I love glitter? <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm not surprised, Emmy. I'm not surprised at all. Yeah. I like, picked this design with my book designer, you know, the sparkles that they're golden sparkles too. Yeah. And it's magic, you know, there's magic in all of us. Well, and I love magic. Um, I'm curious what the catalyst was for writing the book. Like, what was it that moved you? Because it's not an easy undertaking to Mm -hmm. write a book. No, it is not. I've had the desire to write a book for a lifetime, for a very, very long time. And I've written for a very, very long time, not in the form of a book, but, you know, blogging and poetry and all sorts of things. And I 
as a result of my own journey in uncovering these intelligences and uncovering this heart healing technology and uncovering this, you know, this inner core work and uncovering my gifts and facilitating other people to uncover their gifts and really bring full expression to it. I had never articulated what this was, what this body of work is. And when I I was, of course, it was a very synchronistic moment when a friend reached out to me after years of not communicating and said, hey, you know, I was thinking about you today. What are you up to? And she told me what she was up to, which was writing her third book. And she introduced me to a book writing uh, incubator called the Author Incubator. And I looked into it and it was just, it was a spark. It was a moment of, okay, the re like part of the reason I had never written a book or articulated all of this was because I didn't really have the belief that I could do it without help. And, you know, I mean, it, I didn't, I had never written a book before. So receiving the coaching help and the mentorship help to write the book was the first piece. And the second piece was that I had had, had been holding a desire for a very long time to bring into one place what it is that this is. And so in the context of the book, the body of the book holds eight steps that, you know, I take every single one of my clients through, of course, in different ways because of the uniqueness of who they are, but it's the same repeatable thing that I do with everyone. And I wanted to bring that into one place so that I could reach more people because, you know, it was time. It was time to really become that leader in my work, you know, in nobody else's work, but my work, this work, you know, So that was the catalyst was the synchronicity that presented to me. And I said, yeah, I'm going to invest and write my own book. And the rest is history. Like I just, it's really changed a lot and it's, it's opened my work up to so many more people, which is incredible. Yeah. So yeah. A little legacy. Well, exactly. Yeah. And for, if somebody wanted to get the book, where can they do that? Where can they find it? They can go to www.innercorecoach.com forward slash true gifts. And I don't know if you'll have a link in your show notes or not, but inner core is I N N E R C O R E C O A C H forward slash true gifts, all one word. And I would be so happy to send a free digital copy to anyone who's listening and who wants to learn more about what we've been talking about today and who may be on a journey or entering into a, a place in their lives when they, where they want to uncover what they're meant to be and do here on this planet, you know, and how to do that. Wonderful. Turn it into a livelihood, you know, we, it, it's a birthright for all of us. Yeah. And that's what I love about like all of this in our conversation is that this type of connectedness, this feeling for me, like it, it grounds me in an inner peace. So I don't know if that's what everybody else experiences or if it's different, but it just feels really good. And who doesn't want to feel good? Yeah, it does. It's because you feel like you're home, you know, and that, that always feels good when you're home, you know, think about home and, but it's this internal home and it's, I believe that our soul has always had a mission for each and every one of us. And our soul wants this for us. It's just that our human gets in the way. So 
when we can ask these provocative questions that um, you know are asked in the book. The book is a little bit in a workshop style. You know, it takes you through the process. But when you're when you're able to ask these questions and then be quiet and listen because mm-hmm. you're learning how to do that, then the answers start pouring in. It feels really good. Your yeah. physiology changes literally because you're not in the illusion. You're actually in the truth. Your heart truth and your heart knows. Yeah. Yeah, that's so cool. My dog just woke up from her nap and decided to hack behind me. Oh, (laughs) I can't hear her. Oh, good. Well, maybe nobody else will too, but I just saw her in the background. And just coming back to the book, it sounds like such an incredible gift. So really looking forward to reading it. I look forward to sharing it. Yeah. Jewel, this has been amazing. And I already feel more calm. So thank you so much for our conversation today. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. And I do too. I, um, I can feel it. It's that energy that's just, you know, bubbling and it is, it's magic. And, you know, I'll just end by saying that I feel that it's in a way sad that we are taken away from our own magic and told, you know, Santa Claus isn't real at such an early age. And that coming back to that is a true gift. So thank you very much. I feel that this conversation has been a true gift too. Oh, you're very welcome. You're very welcome. For people who want to reach out and connect with you, where's the best place for them to find you? Innercorecoach.com. And there is a get in touch button there. And if but the best place is, is to, when you download the book, if it's someone who's interested in this work and wants to get in touch, that you'll then be placed on my email list and be given my email. So you can email me directly. And the okay. email okay. information is both on the book link and on innercorecoach.com. Thank you so much. Thank you. And for everybody who is listening, we will see you next week. Thank you so much for being a listener of the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I am so grateful for each and every episode that you tune in and listen to. And I hope that you get a ton of value that you can implement starting today. I do have just a quick favor. If you wouldn't mind hopping on to wherever it is that you listen to podcasts and leave us a rating and review, it would help us tremendously so that the Tribe of Leaders podcast can be found more easily and help inspire other entrepreneurial leaders. 